Welcome to Laughing Labia, a podcast celebrating female comedians and female humour. I am Alice Frick and I'm here with Catherine Allen. So we just had a live show recently, Christmas special. So yeah, our podcast is celebrating female comedians and the live show only has female comedians. So Alice hosts it and then we have like, how many, seven, seven female? Six. Six, six female comedians. Um, and we have had comments saying, oh, where, where are the men? Are the men in the show? Yeah, so in this show, in Laughing Labour, there are no men. Just for that reason, because in all the big comedy clubs, there are mostly only men. And if there is a woman, there is only one woman per show. Yeah. So you can see on the internet, the websites, the flyers, the posters of big comedy clubs, it's very male-dominated. I got involved in a discussion on Tinder. Oh, no, Tinder. Oh, t- did you know, Alice? Well, <laughs> no, on, on Twitter. You want to tell me. <laughs> on Twitter, wow. I got involved. Because there was this guy saying there are no female comedians because they are not interested in comedy. That's the reason. Like they are not interested in playing football or sports. They're also not interested in big multinational companies or being musicians (laughs) or being scientists. Women, I'm not sure what he thinks women are interested in. Nothing. That's not really interested in anything. Not in equal pay. They are not interested in that. They just don't like to be paid equally. And I understand that, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, such an absurd comment. And we have so many female comedians who want to perform at the show. So we have actually quite Splending a long with them. waiting list. There are a yeah. lot of uh, female comedians that actually are interested yeah. in humor. And it's important that they have a platform because it also inspires the next generation, right? This is the problem. This is why there's not women in all these roles is because they don't see themselves in, say, running multinational companies or being scientists because their role models are mostly men. Okay, so we always have a topic every month which is inspired by... Uh, a woman who's been funny somehow, either be a, being a comedian or just happening to say something funny. Voluntarily or involuntarily. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, our topic this month is inappropriate moments. Or comments. Or comments. And we also asked the comedians in the show, which we will relieve at the end. Relieve? Relieve? No, that was correct. Which will we relieve at the end of the podcast. Is that correct? What? <laughs> <laughs> if we... What do you mean we will relieve? Like, no, we, we will uh, expose, we will Ooh. tell them, we will feature it at the end of the podcast. Yeah, we'll feature it at the end. What does it mean? It's a word that sounds like relief. Um, Which we will reveal, reveal. Reveal. Oh, reveal. You could have guessed that. Could have guessed that well. Yeah. My mind's a bit blank today. It's too much wine of yesterday. So shall we go back to our live show? We started off with something really great, I think, because... I told about the perfect Christmas present my mom always gets for our family. If you're looking for a Christmas present, my mom is the best with Christmas presents. What she does, a month before Christmas, she books herself in a really nice hotel. You know, it's a really nice hotel where you have all the shampoo bottles and so And she steals everything. (laughs) And that's what we get for Christmas. (laughs) Every year. My sister always gets the shampoo bottles. (laughs) I get the slippers. (laughs) And last year, my dad got the bell boy. (laughs) Some seriously good inspiration in here. So the first comedian of the evening was Stella Graham. She did a great set. So enjoy. Uh, Now, Alice, I do have a a slight issue with the name of this show. It's called Laughing Labia. This is a comedy show. Right? <laughs> Laughing labia. Doesn't that sound like a horror film? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like some sort of Stephen King porno. 
You imagine like you're there, you're under the duvet, you're heading past the knees, getting your way up to the thighs, and then there it is, just... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, I wouldn't know, because, you know, I haven't... Uh... Uh, how can I put this? Um, my girlfriend has a dick. <laughs> yeah, born with it as well. You know, he's not one of the new recent swapadoodles. I'm. Um, I know. I know. I I dress like I should be. She looks like one of us, but no. <sighs> but I dropped my fella off at the airport today, so there's still time, ladies. <laughs> see me at the bar. So yeah. This, this is a worry of mine, you see, because uh, I don't want to have kids. And uh, I used to be on the pill, a.k.a. the advent calendar of freedom. <laughs> it is wonderful, people. I swear to God, if they were actually chocolate, you'd never forget to take one. What are they playing at, right? But I'm stupid. I have forgotten to take them in the past. So my doctor said, <clears throat> well, you could try a coil, I didn't know what a coil was, right? I thought that a coil was a metal spring. And you get it fitted, and then when a willy comes along, it just goes for twang. <laughs> I mean, that is going to work. Technically, you know, just poing. I thought it'd be fun. You know, I'm getting it fitted, and I'm not fucking telling him. <laughs> just watch him go flying into the wardrobe <laughs> like we'd be driving to Ikea and I'd be like <laughs> well I thought it was funny <laughs> while he's sitting there in a neck brace eating his porridge through a straw I just thought it would be fun you know like a, like a messed up version of pop-up pirates you know just <laughs> alright am I the only person that had pop-up pirates <laughs> I wanted a Mr. Frosty. Anyway, um, here's the other thing with uh, the coil. It's made of copper. Where I come from, people nick copper. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be more valuable as a human. I didn't want somebody just to, I know, you know. I'm from Coventry, it's rough as fuck. <laughs> Our next act was a Norwegian comedian called Pernilla Holland. I always think she's Dutch because <laughs> of her name, but she's Norwegian. She's brilliant and she talks about being Norwegian and she has a brilliant dating song for us as well. I grew up moving around. Uh, that's a kind of a unique thing about me. 16 times. I was born in Geth, Houston, Texas. That's right. Uh, yeah. My first word was, uh, bang. <laughs> so cute. Lived in the UK, picked up the accent, sorry. And uh, when I was, um, did you get that? <laughs> Good. Um, When I was a teenager, I moved back home to my native village called Gröadem. Uh, That's right. That's a name. And uh, how can I describe that other than traumatic? Uh, for this very reason, <laughs> it's cold. It's really cold. You know that phrase, um, fr I'm freezing my tits off. In Norway, they fall off. 
you look lovely. <laughs> yes, thank you. Okay. I see you across the street. You look so fine, can't believe we're about to meet Tinder. I say hi to you. And you say hi to uh-uh. I say, I'm sorry if I was late. You say, your time is great. I can't believe we're meeting up. I'm smiling, I just can't stop. <laughs> you say, let's go for a drink. And I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what I think. Oh, it's true love. I was passed by, talking, don't even need to try. Being with you is like breathing. <laughs> You look better than your picture as the candles rattles flicker and I repeat your name out loud. Your name? Sue. Janet. Okay, close enough. <laughs> and there's no disguise when I look into your eyes. Your eyes are green, grey, orange, blue. <laughs> and you say, what's on your mind? And I don't know what to tell you. But you want to know, so you ask me. What's on your mind? Okay, I'll tell you. I want to take you to my favorite place. It's a derelict cabin. It's not safe. I want to tie you up with a rope, making you choke. And you laugh because you think it's a joke. But I'm a murderer. (laughs) Women can't kill. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so next we have the legendary quiz. Everybody, everybody looks forward to the quiz. Alice's quizzes are amazing. Of things of legend. Should we hear that now? Yes, please. Okay, let's just get it over with, shall we? What do Japanese people eat for Christmas? Is it A, fish? C, uh, B? <laughs> Is it B, Kentucky Fried Chicken? Or C, Chinese food? Oh my God, it is Chinese food. Uh, no, 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 stop. No, this is not correct. You confused me. <laughs> it is... It is... What, what do you say? What is the answer? Fish. No. It is B. Yes. It is Kentucky Fried Chicken. Japanese people eat... Yeah, I know. I was wrong. <laughs> That's why they don't let me do a pub quiz. I don't know. <laughs> and, and it's surprising that, that pubs won't let you do pub quizzes, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm working my way up. They're very polished. Okay, so the next comedian is Katie Price. So a lot of her set, she's talking about her Jewish mum. It's, it's a good set. I've moved out to um, East London. <laughs> but for a Jewish daughter to say that she's leaving the confines of NW3. <laughs> that is like telling her, you know... You're choosing your own husband. You're driving a Volkswagen. You're driving a Volkswagen singing Deutschland über alles with David Irving. I don't know. They're all the same to her. These are things that Jewish people don't do. And so the house that my housemates and I moved into um, was predominantly unfurnished. It was unfurnished. And so I just dropped this into my mum over the phone, didn't think anything else of it. And then a couple of days later, she sent me, by signed for post, a hammer. But being the Soviet-born mum that she is, she didn't put any note in it or anything to make me realise that it was from her. And so I'll provide some context into this part of my life, as if you're all my friends and not just people I'm trying to impress. 
And um, I had, at this point, recently engaged in an unwittingly public email feud with a, with a comedy promoter on the open mic circuit. And he very kindly shared my email address and my address to Facebook, um, kind of labelling me in this way. And so when a hammer turns up at my door during this time, I thought this was a fucking threat for my life. This is also around the time that I heard that 2,000 Israeli troops had entered Jordan. And I was like, oh my God, even my own people are coming for me now. I remember this on Facebook. There was a big thing going on because the promoter of an open mic gig published her email, I think, mm -hmm. because she left a comedy gig because there were a lot of men who did rape jokes. And then she decided she doesn't want to sit through it and left. And he was really upset because he said, oh, wow, you just do your set and leave. You have to stay at the end and listen to all the other sets. He emailed her and said that, did he? Yeah, and she then said that she didn't feel okay uh -huh. to sit through a set and she normally stays for the whole of the show. I wrote a comment as well because I think it's her right to leave. It's also certainly not her right to have a private email exposed on, on the internet and to be ridiculed. That's not cool. So and then we are almost there to hear all the inappropriate comments of our comedians. But before we do that, we will have another comedian. She is from Kenya. Jami McGrath? Yes, Jami McGrath. She's brilliant. I am from Africa. Oh, thank you. Usually we get told fuck off, but I'll take that. That's <laughs> nice. Uh, is, a, is a lovely time for an African to be in the UK today? <laughs> <laughs> it really is nice. I, I just want to reassure you people that I'm a good immigrant. <laughs> I now say British things like I beg your pardon before I push a lady off her seat. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Uh, I am from Kenya, and Kenya was a British colony. Oh, are you from Kenya? No. Oh. Uh, uh, but you know, you know Kenya. Oh, okay, <laughs> most people do. <laughs> but still, it's good. It's good. I didn't mean it to laugh. <laughs> okay, okay. But it's a celebration for my country. Good. So I'm from Kenya. Kenya was a British colony. I'm sure you know that, right? Yeah. I'm so surprised by how many people don't even know what a colony is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kenya, Kenya was a British colony. And it's so fascinating for me to see British people go, we want our independence. I'm like, how ironic. <laughs> <laughs> British people can invent an irony. It's so good. It's so good. And, and like everybody's getting so wound up. They are. Everybody's like, we want Britain to go back to what it used to be before. And people in Africa are like, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> like BC? <laughs> like before curry? <laughs> you're not that pissed off <laughs> that's your absolute limit it's interesting though like, like everybody's so wound up and people say things like oh no immigrants don't integrate I'm like guys please relax my husband is English I integrate every night <laughs> sometimes I include him <laughs> yes 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 I do I do uh, on his birthday um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like, I don't know what to make of all this Brexit thing, but it's so interesting. I, I don't know what it is about a, a country that owns three quarters of the world that makes you so afraid of immigrants. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. Like, everybody saying things like, oh, my God, like, all these immigrants are coming here to change the British way of life. No, it's not our priority. 
Can you imagine a guy coming from Gabon, walking across the Sahara Desert, crossing perilous seas, camping in Cali, jumping a lorry to get here and say, right, you lot, no more fish with your chips. It's so interesting, though, because, like, I, I'm, from, I'm from Kenya. I'm from East Africa. And East Africa, we got a bad rap. You know, we got a bad rap. Like, like everybody says that we are all homophobic. And uh, can I tell you now, we're not. Like, the media, the British media, the, the world media is so horrible to Africa. Wouldn't you agree? The portrayal of Africa by the Western media is shocking. It's like they say, oh, my God, you guys are so homophobic. Stop killing, like homosexuals. I'm like, I'm from a tribe called the Kikoyo. My tribe, like, my great-grandmother had four wives. Not two, not three, not four, but four fucking wives. You can't even compute that, civilized societies. Like, my great-grandmother had four wives. She died of exhaustion. (laughs) Hard work. Hard work. And you know, do you know, like, like, like when the British first came to, to East Africa, they came to Uganda. When they arrived, they found that the king of the Buganda people was gay. Like, openly gay, like, cock in the ass gay. <laughs> like, that gay. And, and you know what the people of Uganda did about their very gay king? Absolutely nothing. And the people who objected to his homosexuality were the Christian missionaries. So he had them killed. (laughs) And I'm not saying that is how you deal with homophobia. (laughs) But it worked. (laughs) So we're going to finish off the live comedy with Madge Hooks. Do you like low-impact crime drama? High-impact crime drama? Columbo? Yes, Columbo fans. I'm not talking about Columbo. Line of Duty! Not going to talk about that either. I want to talk to you about Waking the Dead. Yes, from the 90s. So some of you might be too young or too foreign, but it's all right, because I'm going to talk about it anyway. Waking the Dead was a 90s drama, and it was the forefront of... It was in between sort of Columbo, good old-fashioned copper in, I guess. And then Line of Duty. Today we've got DNA. It's a given... Right? But it wasn't back then. And basically, if you don't know what Waking the Dead is... <laughs> that one does. Um, don't know what Waking the Dead is. They're a cold case unit. So crimes that couldn't be solved in the past from good old-fashioned coppering could then be solved with the advancement of technology. Ooh. Such as DNA profiling, psychological profiling, and fingerprints, you know, all that cool shit. And I used to watch this in the 90s. Yeah, I am that old. And um, no, you didn't imagine. Yes, I did. And uh, I used to watch this. <laughs> this bit doesn't have any jokes, but it is interesting, so listen. <laughs> <laughs> you've had enough jokes now. I think you've had your £7.50s worth, so uh, <laughs> waking the dead it is. So <laughs> I used to watch this in the 90s, and because it was like a little bit dark and, you know, like chopping people up and finding out how they died. Uh, It's on in the middle of the night, but I generally fall asleep around midnight, so I never knew who did it. (laughs) Right? But now, it's on the drama channel in the middle of the night. But I don't watch it then. I watch it on catch-up. So now, 
with the advancement of technology, <laughs> I know who did it. So in many ways, waking the dead is a lot like my cold case, isn't it, everyone? Yes, we got there in the end. I ate out quite a lot, and um, I, had, I had a breakfast last Sunday. And I, like when I was ordering it, I, I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just have the £10 breakfast. And they were like, oh, which one's that? And I was like, well, it's the only <laughs> breakfast you've got on your menu for £10. And she, <laughs> she was like, oh, okay. And they were like, oh, would you like your eggs? Fried, scrambled, or poached? Oh, I'd not thought of that. I hadn't thought. I was just like, I'm just ordering a, you know, a fried breakfast. So I was like, oh, um, I'll have the, I'll have them poached. <laughs> Tricked myself. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so let's bookmark that point. I wouldn't have thought of it, right, unless they'd asked me. So the the meal, <laughs> the meal, the breakfast arrives. <laughs> And the eggs are fried. I, like, I examine them because, again, I don't do the cooking. So I'm like, no, these are definitely fried. So I call the waitress over and I say, um, I asked for poached and these look fried. She said, oh, I'm sorry, we've run out of poached eggs. <laughs> now, again, I don't do the cooking, but I smell a rat. I thought, that's... <laughs> that's not quite right, is it, guys? <laughs> that's a lot like me. I work in like creative com. I don't do this all the time because it's exhausting, isn't it? <laughs> I, um, I work in creative com slash advertising. Could you imagine if I said to my clients, oh, I'm sorry, you can't have that advert in a PDF. <laughs> <laughs> We've run out of PDFs this week. <laughs> You'll just have to have that as a low-res JPEG. <laughs> Sorry, otherwise wait until Monday <laughs> when the PDFs arrive. <laughs> there was also one more performer. She's a burlesque performer, but burlesque you can't really feature on the podcast. It's not terribly about audio. It was great though, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Was it? Evelyn Carnate. Evelyn Carnate. So, so Google her, look her up. Yeah, she's, her. she's by far one of my favourite burlesque artists. Very, always quite um, poignant and funny and clever. Very feminist as well. Yeah, very feminist. Yes, we are now at the time of the show where we disclose the inappropriate Ooh, moments. Disclose. Is that, that, that right works word? too, yeah, because you, we're going to reveal it later and disclose it now. But I was, yeah, it's very nice. My very English nice. is getting better throughout this podcast. Alice has been trying to do an, a British accent over the last few days and it sounds like she's like this drunk, posh, drunk person. posh person. It's awful. So I have to talk a little bit more British, I think. <laughs> oh God, I hate it. So shall we disclose the... The, the inappropriate, inappropriate moment. moments. Yeah, let's do it. Tell me, you had the inspiration for that. What yeah, was that? Yeah, well, so we always like try to be inspired by a, a woman who does does something funny or says something funny. And this one, it's it, in itself, it's slightly inappropriate and we weren't sure whether to, to use it or such or we tried to find a different one uh, because it's kind of surrounding a death. So my grandfather died last week, was it? Or the week before? Um, but he was like, he had a stroke and it was all very peaceful and... Um, but obviously, they, my parents and um, my auntie and uncle were with him the whole time. And he was like four or five days, I think, he'd not had water. So it's like he's, you know, he's everybody knows he's dying. It's just a matter of time. And they'd all gone to have a coffee. They were just discussing what to do that evening, whether they stick around a bit longer, whether they're going to get some food and come back or what, you know, what to do. Because, you know, at any point he can die. Well, what do you do? 
so they'd have this coffee and they all came back to the room. It's beautiful. Uh, and so they walk in and bearing in mind this guy, he's not had water for five days. He's, yeah, he's not doing so well. And my auntie just goes, oh, he's not looking so well, is he? <laughs> he's looking a bit waxy. <laughs> and they all just like, like stopped and then just burst into laughter. They just absolutely wet themselves. So it was pretty inappropriate, but also kind of nice, I think, that his whole family was around him just really laughing and, yeah, enjoying a joke together. It was beautiful, I thought. Yeah, we were not sure if we used that in the live show as a inappropriate moment to talk about because it it almost kills the comedy yeah. when you talk about death. Is it somehow? It's kind of kind of not generally thought of to be a classically funny thing. And I guess because it's like we don't talk about death in society, and so yeah, it's maybe one of those subjects that people don't touch. But I mean, I don't know. Have you ever heard comedians doing anything about death or touching on death? Not directly, Not really. Directly, people... yeah. I think more so if you have it in a solo show, maybe, and if you have an arch about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like your red thread somehow. Comedy is so much about those inappropriate things or those things that we don't talk about. They do tend to, the comedy does ten, tend to push boundaries. I do a lot of basement jokes for being an Austrian. It's very dark and inappropriate, but it seems like it lifts up almost the darkness of reality. Yeah. And I think that's what uh, this dark humor is about it it lifts it gives it a lift by laugh about all these inappropriate or dark situations yeah. but yeah somehow death i've never touched it myself in my comedy set yeah. i'm too scared about it it can literally kill the, <laughs> the humor <laughs> death kills but it's it's crazy because everybody dies it's the one thing you know is going to happen so yeah. why don't we talk about it? it means i think i think it makes it so much harder for people to deal with death because suddenly just hits you and you're not it's something you don't talk about just don't mention then suddenly yeah, one of your parents dies or something like what like how how do you cope with that how do you know even where to start and people don't know how to speak to people when someone's died close to them yeah so it's all kind of a bit unhealthy i think it's oh my grandma used to talk my grandma was hilarious actually she was someone who did talk about death but again in a sort of funny way so she would say oh i'm gonna you know I'll be watching over you when I die. I was like, oh, God, don't talk about it. I don't want to, like, because it made me upset. But then we would always joke. She was a big smoker. She loved smoking. And my dad would always bring her duty-free cigarettes back. So she always had a massive stockpile of, like, Benson and Hedges. I know what? It was Dunhill. Always had Dunhill, which nobody else smokes. I don't know why she smoked them. But anyway, she loved the Dunhill. But she was like, I, when, when I die, I want to be buried with all my cigarettes. It's <laughs> like, okay. And we would joke. I would, We would have a joke together that we would have a cigarette in her mouth and everyone who went past the open cask would press her lungs so that she would smoke it. <laughs> it was great. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, it was funny. And let's go back to the live show and listen to the inappropriate comedians. No. The inappropriate comedians? The inappropriate <laughs> situations of our comedians. What's your inappropriate uh, moment or comment? Have you had something? Did you say something inappropriate? <laughs> to uh, well, someone's actually said something inappropriate to me on the way here. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. Perfect. That never happens to comedians, right? On the way. Um, so I was, um, I'm type 1 diabetic, so I was doing a diabetic injection, and then I was, having, I was eating a chocolate bar really quickly on the way, and somebody stopped me and said, oh, excuse me, should you be eating that? And I, <laughs> I said, yeah, don't worry, I've got the good type. And she, <laughs> she said straight back to me, oh, it's just um, my dog's diabetic and we never let him have chocolate. <laughs> do you know him? <laughs> because you do look a bit alike. And that, I th I, yeah, I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> do, do you look a bit like my diabetic dog who doesn't let have chocolate? Um, I remember once uh, mid-sex saying to a guy, 
can we stop because I need to puke? Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I don't think that's... Uh, I think that's a passion killer. <laughs> I don't know. My, my pillow talk needs a bit of work. <laughs> a lot of inappropriate things have been said to me. Like, go back to where it came from. But uh, it's usually... No, it's me that did it to someone. I go swimming. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I go swimming. And... Uh, I, I was uh, uh, chatting to this lady, and she, 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 she was, you know, friendly in the pool. And, um, and I was... Not like that! Oh, come on! <laughs> like, not, no, not like that. No, 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 not... And, uh, and so I was convinced, I swear to God, I was convinced she's having a baby. In the pool? No, 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 no. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that fun. Uh, but, but I just say to her, I don't know why I did it. I just said, when is the baby due? And, I know. And, and she said, oh, what do you mean? I'm not even pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm, I mean, I'm talking about mine. And <laughs> well saved. <laughs> yeah. How would she know when my baby is due? So that brings us to the end of the podcast. I hope, really hope you enjoyed it. If you have any uh, subjects that you would like us to talk about at the next show and podcast, please get in contact with us uh, through the Laughing Labia website, which is www.laughinglabia.com. Or on Facebook. We're both on Facebook. Catherine Allen and Alice Frick. Alice, Alice with the heavy L. Alice Frick. And Laughing Labia is also on Facebook yeah. and on Twitter. And on Instagram? No, not on Instagram, but we are on Instagram. Yes. We're all over it like a rash. If you like this podcast, please rate it, please share, please subscribe. And we will be back in the new year. So we say Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. I'm going to go Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in order. Maybe. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.